Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. I'm just curious. Were any of you ever encouraged to memorize John 3.17? No one? No Baptist among us? (laughs) But I would be willing to bet that many of you could recite the verse right now that's just before it. In the King James Version, no doubt. You want to try it? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the one. And it is indeed beautiful. But the problem is it's so familiar, it's easy to miss the surrounding verses that point us to a living, to living a saved life, rather about making it about something, first of all, that we do once and think we're done. Although John 3.17 points us toward this, John 3.16 gets all the press and is the most favored Christian proof text. And often it's underlying with currents that decide who gets to go to heaven and who doesn't. Signs holding up John 3.16 at airports and um, baseball games or all kinds of games, they are attempts to save the world. And while they are quite sincere, they're often sometimes misrepresented by making us think it's rather making it about us rather than letting all the complexity of Jesus burn in our souls as God does the work of salvation. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, and one of the most popular thoughts about his secrecy is that he's hiding his true beliefs about Jesus. There's even a term for folks who do this. John Calvin used the term Nicodemite to refer to Protestant Christians who lived in a Roman Catholic country and escaped persecution by concealing the fact that they were Protestant. Now, while Nicodemus may not have wanted his Jewish colleagues to know about his night encounter with Jesus, the writer John likely has more in mind. Because throughout the Gospel of John, writer words such as night and darkness reveal something deeper than just the time of day. Yes, night is a marker of time, but is also used as a metaphor. In John, many people are in the dark, and he wants them to know and believe the light, which is Jesus. As soon as Jesus, you may, I mean Judas, so you may recall, as soon as Judas had taken the bread in chapter 8 at the Last Supper, he went out. And the author, carefully note that the author adds, and it was night. At this point in the story, I'm not sure we can categorize Nicodemus as a follower of Jesus, but something is going on inside him. We don't hear of him in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but we meet him three times in the Gospel of John. 
The first, he comes to Jesus in the night. Later, he defends Jesus, reminding his cohorts who want to arrest him that their Jewish law does not condemn a man without first hearing him out. For this, Nicodemus is ridiculed. Lastly, Nicodemus is one of the two people who take down the body of Jesus and lay him in a tomb, bringing with him no fewer than 75 pounds of spices to prepare that body. If you want a picture of that, 15 pound, 15 five pound bags of sugar. Nicodemus represents much of what we ourselves respect in leaders. Religious education, authority, holding on to tradition. As a Pharisee, he is a member of the Jewish ruling council. Pharisees study, they tithe, they pray, they make God a part of their everyday life. Yet he comes to Jesus in darkness while acknowledging Jesus as rabbi, saying, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God. I'm curious, who is the we? Other Pharisees, members of the Sanhedrin, other closeted believers? Methodist pastor Thomas Stegall suggests that Nicodemus uses the cover of we know for what is far more likely to mean, I don't know. Nicodemus is in the dark, but he's desperately trying to fit Jesus into the world he understands. For those of us who may have grown up thinking the Bible consists solely of John 3.16, we may also struggle to fit all of Jesus into our worldview. It turns out that Nicodemus is not so different from some of the Jesus' other followers. What about the disciples who saw him command the wind and the sea as they asked, who is this that even the wind and the sea obey? His own disciples didn't know what to do with Jesus either. As Nicodemus fumbles with language, considering how to get back into a mother's wound, Jesus doesn't console him. He doesn't say to Nicodemus, oh, don't worry about it. You're a faithful leader. You're fine. Rather, he sticks to his point. No one can see the kingdom of God. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of the water and of the spirit, born from above. Or as some of your translations may say, born again. Oops, buzz phrase. And unfortunately, often twisted to distinguish a believer from an unbeliever, an atheist, or a skeptic. But Nicodemus is not an atheist. He's a leader and he's a teacher. And Jesus says to this faithful leader, unless you are born from above, born again, you will not see or enter the kingdom of God. Jesus doesn't coddle Nicodemus, and he doesn't coddle us. Now, I don't know about you, 
But before I either let my embedded biases turn me off or to say, I told you all you had to do is say you believe and you're in, we may be wise to not let our own assumptions about how this kingdom of God works, we may be wise not to let it keep us in the dark. Because every time we think we have this Jesus wrapped up in a bow, we only prove that we too are in darkness and that we don't know how God's salvation of the world works. From everything I heard in Scripture today, this morning, it's all to do with God. Who has anything to do with their birth? Who knows what the wind's going, where the wind's going to blow? Abraham was told to leave his country and his kin. The rest of the passage is followed with six I will statements from God. I will show you the land. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. Right here, we get that promise from God that he will bless all peoples of the earth through Abraham. It will be God's work. Now, I don't want to be get hung up here, but right out of the gate, Abraham messes up when he takes Lot. Did you notice that little sentence? Leave your country and your kin. And at the end, and Lot went with him. God has to do the work. The hope with which I leave us all today is that somehow through our coming, even in our darkness, to this Jesus that baffles us, that lures us, and that is often a mystery even to faithful followers, that in our belief, as we trust, as we put our hand up and say, Amen, that that light will begin to dawn and that we will grasp that grace, that unmerited favor that is ours, that has been spoken of in John 3.16 and John 3.17 and way beyond. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Amen. Amen.